Hi, this is Keaton, and I'm still doing this. Welcome to another episode of my podcast, The West Noise. I got a lot going on today. Uh, talked to my philosophy teacher for about an hour about um, Birdman and food and technology and kids these days. I feel like I'm doing my part as a college freshman uh, talking to my philosophy professor. Um, I got a pizza party coming up <laughs> in like 40 minutes, so that's that's tight. <laughs> um, Christmas is soon, and I'm I'm jumping for joy. I'm wearing a red shirt today, really doing my part as a citizen. Um, wore a green shirt yesterday. Had some trees and horse on it, so so people know. The weather has been just great. Yesterday it snowed like almost nonstop from 8 a.m. till about midnight, and it was actually really nice. It wasn't too cold out, and it was very Christmassy, big thick flakes. And then today it was kind of cute because it did the thing where it doesn't snow at all, but it's extremely windy, so it just whips the snow from yesterday in your face at an alarming rate. So yeah, um my face was red and I teared up a couple of times. So so the weather's great. Yeah. Uh the episode today is with lead singer slash guitarist Chrissy Badaline from the Connecticut band Headroom. And it's it's good shit. Um they just released an album a little over a month ago. And there's not a lot of singing on it, mostly like six to eight minute just jams and I really like it. I like it a lot. And Chrissy was very nice too. So she's very laid back and honest and I appreciate that. But as usual, the conversation will speak for itself. So here's me talking to Chrissy Benelline. That's really good because I I tend to do the opposite where when I make something I hate it more and more as time <laughs> goes on. So that's good. Sometimes that happens too. I mean, I, I've definitely experienced that, or like it goes through phases. But I do think that like music when you make it is kind of like you know it gets better as it ages, as it yeah for sure because you get further from making it, so it doesn't become this thing that you did with your hands and your mm-hmm. you know your pick and the strings and you were in that moment and you remember where you were standing and how it felt and then it becomes just a piece of music you know it's just uh it becomes the final result so mm-hmm. i don't know you can enjoy it in a different way so how i usually feel about things how did like like do you feel was there like um a, a goal with like the songs the titling and 
like the amount of songs like does it feel like a cohesive piece of work like does it all work together from what you wanted it to i think so we we just went into the recording session just um we had the the first song and the last song were like the only songs i i wrote or whatever Mm -hmm. in in advance the you know riffs that i came up with and uh none of the songs had you know well it was just those two and only the out of those, only the last song has words, but it didn't even have, like, words or a melody or any thoughts about that. I just wanted to, like, when I planned the recording session, I just wanted to make a scenario where we were really comfortable and um, playing intuitively and having a really good time, and I think all of that stuff kind of, like, can, you know, come off in a record of how, like, natural it sounds or, or something that we didn't really plan so much we just were being ourselves or something like that so it's funny because you're like you know is it is it what you planned mm-hmm. but it's it, of course it is because i didn't plan right <laughs> so it's great <laughs> or to me anyways i just I'm, i i had no expectations i guess and then to have made a record and, and there's also other stuff from that recording session that's going to come out real soon on uh other labels and, oh, cool. and projects and stuff and um yeah so to have like you know i know it's like going fishing and you don't know what right. you get and we got a bunch of fish so i was happy <laughs> is that how you came to like name it is did you name it after the fact where it just felt like this like string of thought sort of thing um yeah, I mean, at the risk of, like, sounding corny or something, I did try to um, make the song titles and the words or whatever personal. And because um, I want to, people to be able to get to know me through music. I've always been, like, shy about that kind of stuff. I never wanted to sing songs or anything. So That's um, good. It was, it was a weird process for me. So I did want to make the record, like, personal. I, I really like music that's where people are personal and, and vulnerable and you really feel their feelings. What do you, do you? <laughs> yeah, I do. I mean, I always respect music more when, because I feel like when you're an artist, you have to balance, like once you reach a certain level, like you have to take into account in your audience. But I feel like you can always like undoubtedly tell when a musician is making music solely to make music rather than like, like as a as a form of therapy or something, I feel like you can hear the sincerity in it. So like at that level, yeah, I, I definitely appreciate that because it's like tough, like releasing yeah. that and like being okay with like because a lot of people just play music and like just like that by themselves just to release that and to actually put it into something and name it and give it to an audience is it's respectable for sure. Yeah, it's weird to to make music that's personal and then you know people are gonna hear it and uh you wonder how you're gonna feel about it if you're going to be embarrassed or something but i think just what you're saying too is you know if you make mm-hmm. music always like there's no audience like it's just free for you i think that my my crew of friends we definitely um we do that we you know we live in new haven there's not like a lot <laughs> to gain from, right. you know, this, that, that we're not, like, playing huge audiences all the time. <laughs> it's like, everyone's our friend at the shows. 
right. And people that are into really cool music, like, you know, I, I really, I like New Haven. If you ever want to come visit, you can come visit. And lots <laughs> cool, of people cool. are into cool music. And uh, there's cool shows. And there's, you know, a noise scene. And there's punks. And then, you know, my group of friends that make psychedelic and um, folk music and stuff. And I think that we all just make music because we love it, which is part of why I like living here so much. That's awesome. I'm, I'm glad you're surrounded by that. That's really good. <laughs> yeah, me too. I don't think I'd be the same if I wasn't. Are you... like when I was younger, I was, felt bad. I like just stayed in New Haven, you know, <laughs> where I'm from. I just stayed around here. But these days, it's seeming pretty smart. <laughs> That's good. There, there's nothing wrong with staying in a place if it's good for you. Yeah, yeah, well, and, um, you know, there's, there's also, like, just, just because, I don't know, I think I just had always thought that I was going to go somewhere, some big city, or do something else, but then, these days, it's pretty great to be able to release music into the world that is, you know, everyone can hear it, if you have Spotify, or Right, whatever. anybody can release but music. it's great to be able to do that from New Haven, you know? Which is which is awesome. Um, do you still want to I, go somewhere eventually? Do I still want to go somewhere? Yeah, like, do you see yourself moving or going further, or would you be okay with just where you are? Sticking here. Um, I mean, it's weird because I like it here. It's like New Haven <laughs> is just—it's um, a city um, that's between these two big like rock ranges: West Rock, East Rock. You like go hiking, and hmm. uh, but the city itself is pretty densely populated. So it kind of sometimes it feels like Western Mass, but then Western Mass is like all spread out and it's not super centralized, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but it's not a big city like New York or Philadelphia or something. It's almost like if you picked a little neighborhood out of one of those cities and just kind of plopped it down and, you know, pretty Connecticut, you know. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I like it around here and I like uh, making music around here. I'm actually... In uh, five weeks, I'm moving to Japan for oh, what? two and a half months. <laughs> for what? What are you going to Japan for? Uh, I love Japanese music so much, like just contemporary stuff and old stuff. Wow. And, uh, I just am so into it and influenced by it. And I'm, uh, I wanted, I went there for 10 days once and uh, I was blown away by the music that I saw. And then I, I've, it's hard to plan a trip there because you have to plan things so far in advance and shows right. don't really get announced until like the month before. So I knew if I go there for longer that I can see more. And so that's what I came up with. Also, like you, I'm a full-time student and all my classes are online next semester. So I'm just going to be cool. in a room in Tokyo and Osaka at some point. My, my, um, my uncle's in the military and so he's stationed in Japan right now and I'm like trying to go visit him, so I might actually be going oh, to Japan. Really? Yeah, yeah. I've oh, I've never cool. been out of the country so awesome. or really that far, so it would be it'd be really great. I've always wanted to go for um like video games, like that whole industry. Oh, yeah? I've just always been super interested in that and like seeing seeing how it works over there. But yeah, I my uncle rants about it and says it's amazing. So I, I really That's really incredible. do want to try to go. Yeah, you should go. You know, Japan's a great first place to go even though the, like people you know they I, th I feel like when people go 
first first time overseas or something, sometimes they'll go to Europe or something, mm -hmm. something like that's more accessible. Um, and in some ways it is because um, culture and customs, I think, more directly relate to here and people are more likely to speak yeah. fluent English. But I also happen to think that Japan, in some ways, is more accessible because, like, Tokyo is so clean and safe and efficient that you're going to be fine, you know? Even if you mm -hmm. are looking around and nothing seems familiar to you and you can't communicate with others, <laughs> you're surprisingly just okay. totally fine. <laughs> I've, I've heard that the people there are just extremely polite and, like... Like, if you ever go to a business or anything, they're very diligent and, like, people will help respectful. Sure. Yeah. And, yeah, people know, um, everyone, this is what somebody told me, is that people really know written English pretty well, you know? So, mm -hmm. in some ways, figuring things out is not as hard as, you, as what it might seem when you're just, like, you know, on the street, like, asking for help you know there's ways to but i don't know i've, I've been there and it was totally fine why'd and you not... why'd you go there the first time oh to go see some music i went to go see some music and uh you'd be totally yeah you'd be totally fine over there um i went to go see um i saw kawaguchi masami new rock syndicate i saw uh Duranko, um uh, this is all going over my head, but it sounds great. <laughs> well, maybe you'll listen to the, the, the tape of this talk, and maybe you'll check it out. Cause I think yeah, I definitely will. Um, there, I also saw my my favorite guitar player is uh, this guitarist, uh, Fukuoka Karunji, who was in a band called Overhang Party. And um, I just love his playing so much. Um, and seeing, seeing him play, like, really... Why do you love it? He plays, like, really um, loud lead guitar that's very uh, anthemic. Uh, like, he doesn't play super fast riffs or licks or anything like that. He plays, like, really heartfelt melodies. And, mm. You know, that's... I mean, that's what I would aim to do with my guitar is to right. express something melodic that's meaningful. It doesn't have to be something that's flashy or, or anything. It's just... The, I, I feel like his guitar playing is like really emotive and I, I just love it and he's like also uh, plays a lot of experimental mu music so I think that shows even when he's playing was playing an overhang party uh, and making like psychedelic rock albums like uh, the first record of theirs is, is really experimental and yeah uh, definitely like really influential to me because it, it both has parts that are melodic and accessible and definitely psychedelic rock but it also has stuff that's noise that's why i like japanese scene so much because it's like people the scene is like folk music psychedelic music and experimental music like where those meet and there's like a mutual um acceptance and, and embrace of, of all of those genres within the underground scene i guess i never really thought about that that's really interesting I, yeah, I, I super, I super like it. There's a, there's a good book about, 
I'm, I'm not, I haven't finished reading it yet, but there's this really good book, uh, by this guy who's lived in Japan for a while. It's on this, um, published by Public Bath Press, and it's just mm-hmm. about Japanese indies, like, uh, in the rise of independent underground music in Japan, because it's, it's just really interesting, like, like, they, they have, like, kind of, like, a capitalist, super capitalist, uh, music industry, much like ours, where everything came from the top down, you know? Mm-hmm. And then eventually people became displeased with that music, you know, just like here. That's why that's why underground music exists, is because we are, people are displeased with the, you know, music that was coming out on major labels. So. I mean, I know I am. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but now, and then now, you know, all these um, smaller labels or people just doing it themselves are really giving... Um, yeah, it's great. Big, bigger labels a lot of grief. I mean, thanks to the internet, anyone can just make something Anybody. and put it out there. Yeah. It's, like, so incredibly easy. Yeah, and uh, I love that people are... Uh, that, that that's so easy now, even though it kind of makes it so that there's, like... A million bands. Right. It's like overwhelming. You're like, oh my god, how am I gonna listen to all this new music? But it's pretty awesome, I think. What else do you listen to then? Do you usually try to listen to, like underground stuff, or like what are your main, what are your main bands that you go to, if hmm. any? I that's a that's a loaded question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I always have a hard time answering it too, so I understand. Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely super like uh, Japanese. Um, psychedelic rock that's huge influence and noise like um before i played in rock bands i also play in another band that's on uh, trouble in mind called mountain movers Mm -hmm. i listen Um, to some of that oh cool yeah um it's you know that's like the first time i was playing uh lead guitar in a band like that and um before that for years i had played noise music like yeah and uh, like tabletop noise mm-hmm. uh you know i had a i had a noise table <laughs> and, cool. um yeah and uh i had a noise label too and um i'm definitely really into that so i listen to a lot of contemporary experimental music and well, old and new um stuff really love this a band from Japan called Hichikaiden. Uh, it's like free experimental noise. I'm gonna have to look all this up. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, they just sound crazy. <laughs> I don't know if you like it, but I, I like loud stuff. I'm a big fan like of. of stuff? Yeah, I like post rock. Like that's some of my favorite stuff. Like Godspeed You Black Emperor, and oh, like cool. Explosions in the Sky. I don't know if you listen to either of them, but like very like drone music. It's like it's like rock, but with like an orchestra type feel, and there's no cool. words or anything, and it's just like eight to ten minute songs. Like I really really like stuff like that. So that's cool that you don't yeah. mind a good long a good yeah, long yeah. song. Some people get tuckered out by. I mean, you songs. you just have to be ready for it. Like it's not like like I usually listen to that stuff when I'm like doing something else for a while. Like I I can't usually just like walk to class listening to a 15 minute song but like if i'm just sitting down doing homework or driving in the car especially it's just it's just really great to just vibe out to it yeah i think 
I, I definitely prefer long stuff, but it's it's funny because like uh, people sometimes they don't have the patience for a long song. Yeah. But I, I don't have a patience for like ten short songs with tons of themes and ton like tons <laughs> of words. Like <laughs> sometimes, you know, when I'm listening to, I mean, I definitely listen to a lot of different music. I listen to, to bands like this, but I think I typically tend to go for like longer form music um just because sometimes i'm listening to a band like short songs and a lot of words and you know first chorus first chorus it just sounds like my uh speakers are just like blah 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 <laughs> like so much talking i'm like Shh, i'm speaking <laughs> right <laughs> so I, I just like that um i don't know maybe it's just where my speed more my speed is i need like 10 minutes to understand the song or something um yeah, I, I definitely like, so I said I like Japanese music and experimental music. I definitely like psychedelic rock, um, or, or I guess like, there's like um, a bunch of Swedish bands I like. Do you ever hear of Trad Grass Ox Denner? No, I have not. Sorry, it sounds interesting. I like a bunch of like, um, in Sweden they had like a crazy scene of uh, free, free rock, free psychedelic rock. I basically... My, the music that's closest to my heart is when people are playing intuitively and, um, like, using their intuition to, to make music, no matter what genre it is. Even, you know, even, I like a lot of folk music, too, and all of that. Yeah. Do you listen to American music at all? <laughs> <laughs> I do listen to American music. <laughs> um, yeah. I've been listening to the Feelies a lot this week. You ever hear of this? Band? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Now we're we're getting somewhere. <laughs> I've heard of that. Sorry. Yeah. The, um. I listen to the Feelies. I um. I like a lot of oh American music. I love Bardo Pond. Uh, they're like definitely uh, hugely influential to me. And uh, there's also. Um, near where I live, like in the northeast, in like the 90s, there was like this great label called Twisted Village and all of the bands that came with that I've, I love so much. Um, and Wayne Rogers that ran that label, he, he went on to be in a band called Major Stars that still plays and mm. uh, just did a record on Drag City and um, super, super liked them a lot. I have a lot of work to do after this. <laughs> Maybe I like some of these bands, and uh, I think Bardo Pond and Major Stars are playing some shows together. Maybe even in New York, and you could go and have your mind oh, wow. blown. <laughs> are you wow. from, do you live in uh, Queens? I think you, you said I live in Michigan, actually. Oh, you live in Michigan, but yeah. Why did I think you lived? I don't know. In New York? I'll be honest with you. I I don't know if I did oh, say that, know? but. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why. I, I could live in here. Queens. Maybe Eventually, I've been in New York you, a couple uh, times and I love it. So, Michigan do you live? Uh, well, I'm from this place called uh, Flushing originally. Oh, and that's why I thought you lived in Queens. <laughs> have you heard of Have you heard of like? Oh, well, yeah. Okay, duh. Yeah, <laughs> that, <makes sense. laughs> that. Yeah, because Flushing. Okay, all right, it makes sense now. Well, that's where I grew up, and then now I'm going to college um, in a place called Ypsilanti. So, oh, cool. It's a nice. It's a nice little town. It's really cute. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't intend. Have, like, shows 
happening there and stuff. Do you go, do you go to shows in Ipsy? I haven't, like, there hasn't been a lot, honestly. Like, sometimes um, my college will have, like, we've had an incredible amount of artists. Like, we've had, like, Prince and Louis Armstrong and just, like, like huge names just randomly play at the university. So, like, every once in a while, concerts like that will come, but not really. I mean, usually I go, like, Detroit is the main place where there's just constantly shows. And then Ann That's Arbor cool. sometimes, so, yeah. Um, I know... Detroit has a, I have a lot of friends that play, like, noise music in Detroit, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, you know, obviously, uh, I don't know if you know Wolf Eyes from Detroit. Nope. So, oh, you should check them out, they're, they're crazy, <laughs> they're, they're crazy, um, and then, what else was I say about, oh, do you know the band Tyvek from, um, Detroit? Tyvek? I think maybe you'd like them, they're, they're Pedram is playing a show with them in Boston soon. They're from uh, Detroit. Cool, cool. Yeah, I I need to become more in tune with like local bands. I you guess. You know the problem is is that there's so much music. I Every know. day I like feel blessed and cursed at the same time because I'm, I'm freaking out. Like, how am I gonna hear all the music? Yeah, I'm I'm never. There are so many. There's so many like life changing bands and songs that exist that I will just never hear because there's just too much. But there's a bunch that you will hear. I know. And and it's also rough because like there's so much music already that I just love so much that like bands that I listen to just on a daily basis because I just need to. So like that time yeah. could be spent listening to other bands, but I always get afraid that like I'm going to waste time with music I don't <laughs> like. <laughs> that you don't like as much. Yeah, it's like it's like uh you have to see what's out there, but then uh, there's so much stuff that sometimes it just seems like going back to your same old. But it's funny how much time changes what you listen to anyways. Like, when I was, when I was your age, sorry. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I stuff like that, but I'm, I'm still I really young. I forgot how old, how old you are. I'm only oh. 18, so I'm, oh, 18? yeah, I'm not even anywhere near, like, I don't know. As old as me? <laughs> no, no, no. I I don't even know how old you are, so. I'm 30. I'm, I'm old. And it's like, I just went back to school, and it's hard. So much respect for, for young people who are, um, school's harder now. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying. It's hard. But, uh, yeah, you know, I'm 30, and so when I was your age, I definitely didn't listen to, um, hardly any cool music. <laughs> and not only that, but I, um, beyond being 18, when I was 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, I was still overlooking things that I'm, that are so meaningful to me now. Just like, because like what? I was like, like, uh, like I just started listening to some bands that I would have overlooked because I would have thought they were there's nothing experimental about them, mm-hmm. and I was overlooking that some of these musicians are uh, incredible guitar players, and also it doesn't have to be experimental all the time, or, you know, it can be in a style of music that's not your favorite style of music, so right. I was overlooking bands like Grateful Dead, <laughs> for example. Oh man, or, Grateful Dead. And I was overlooking... I'm, I'm still uh, overlooking them. Silver Messenger Service, and... I was overlooking just bands that I was like, you know, I 
I'm so sad. When I was your age, I don't think I would have listened to Neil Young. And that's so sad because <laughs> Neil Young is, I think, maybe the greatest songwriter of all time. Well, wow. Also, my mom used to like always play Carole King, and I always liked it, and I thought it was good. But I also kind of thought that that was just mom music. And it's not. It's everybody music. I seriously just recently got into... Yeah, that that album, seriously. It's like an album of number one hits. Seriously, like probably a month ago, I just I was just looking through like CDs at a store and I saw that and I was like, huh. Like I've heard of Carole King. I've heard some of that. And then I just listened to it and I was like, holy shit. The, like this exists like for yeah. 50 years and I'm like way behind the curve. <laughs> Yeah, and then you know who's not is all of our moms. <laughs> <laughs> right. They got it. Um, yeah, I think that stuff like that, it's funny how, you know, uh, in the quest for music that was fresh or, you know, mm-hmm. crazy or did, did you surprised me or something, I guess that's what I was looking for, like something that's super interesting. And then I was constantly overlooking things that are uh the not only are they also interesting but they're also like the building blocks of great songs and, mm-hmm. uh, of great music that you know helps i mean it helps everything else i love exist after that you know it's, it's so hard because like if, if no music before this day existed like i would still struggle forever trying to like catch up with everything that comes out every single day but i also yeah. have to like culture myself and become knowledgeable enough in things that have been released in the past and then like the carol king album i'll just come across something that like came out like three times my age and it's like timeless and i can't even comprehend how something came out that long ago and it sounds like it could have been made like any time and it's perfect so i just have to i'm just constantly trying to do that is like oh here's here's an old band with like 20 albums that I now have to listen to and fall in love with all the while keeping up with music today. So it's just, it's overwhelming, but it's great. It is overwhelming, but you're right. It is also great. Um, yeah, it's, it's really awesome how much, uh, how much you'll like, it's like when you're, I don't know, this might be a bad analogy, but... (laughs) Like, uh, there's this place, I was telling you about the two rocks in my town where you can go hiking, mm-hmm. East Rock, West Rock. It's like, when you go hiking at East Rock, there's this one called the Giant Steps, and, you know, it's just like these steps that go all the way to the top, and it's so hard. <laughs> and every step is like, like, uh, it's just, it's just a vertical climb. But really quickly, you turn around, and all of a sudden, everything underneath you is so tiny, all these cars are tiny, and you were just down there. You know, so it's right. like when you start listening to music and then, I mean, you're already listening to music, but you, and this is not true just for you because you're young, it's for me too. It's like one day I'll look back to a day like today and I'll be like, holy crap, I didn't know about this at that time or that. And, you know, That's a good all analogy. I talked about was Japanese music and I didn't realize, <laughs> you know, whatever next thing I'm going to be into. So it's, you know, you your ability to learn and, you know, change your, it's like listening to music really is like a, it's a muscle to, you know, mm-hmm. we were talking before about people like 
not really liking super long songs, like, well, then, you know, you've got to exercise your brain muscle, your right. listening muscle, and then you'll go back to, you, you never go back to short songs again. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, 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 that's true. I, I feel like there are, like, and there's nothing wrong with this at all, but I feel like there are some people where, like, doesn't necessarily mean like intelligence or anything like that but just like in terms of music their taste is just to prefer like easy songs i guess is the best word or like maybe they just don't yeah they're not that that's cool you know they're not into music and they're into something else and they spend their time flexing a different yeah and that's totally fine they're whether you know whatever they're into but i i also think like it's funny because people like that can't imagine why somebody would listen to a crazy noise band. Right. And um, it's like, yeah, I can't imagine why you'd run a 5K. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I can't imagine why you, like, have binge-watched four seasons of some show and you know everything about the plot. But whatever you spend your time doing, you'll get really good at and, right. you know, you get good at listening to music. I, I do like how listening to music is like an exercise in patience and, um, you know, can expand your ability to understand. Yeah, yeah, definitely. As, as soon as I started getting into like 10 minute plus songs from bands like Tool and like, like I said earlier, like Godspeed You Black Emperor and stuff like that, I Patience is probably the best word to describe what was challenged of me because I was so used to like quicker songs. Because like when I was, I mean, I'm still young, <laughs> but when I was younger and like like early early high school, I used to listen to a lot of like indie bands, like very very simple, soft, like acoustic guitar type stuff. And not that there's no place for that in like my palette now, but I just I never thought of songs with like any sort of layering. Like like Radiohead is like debatably my favorite band and there's so much music of theirs that i just never really understood so i don't even know where i'm going with this but yeah but when you don't understand (laughs) it makes it more uh more interesting for sure i was just talking to somebody about this music um this other you know i don't know i always talk about this japanese music but (laughs) this band that i just did not understand when i heard them and i I was, like, frustrated with it because I was like, I don't know why people like this so much or why, you know, why this is playing in the same scene as all this other stuff that is different. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was so challenging to me. And then I just kept obsessively going back to uh, their music. And now I'm obsessed with it because <laughs> there was something challenging there for me. That wasn't even there with all the other stuff that I thought I right. so-called liked. But, you know, I like, of course, I still like that stuff. But now I have room for this new mm-hmm. thing that I didn't think I would understand. Yeah, it's not always easy getting into music. Like, sometimes you do have to challenge yourself. And you, you have to try to listen to it. <laughs> like, you know, it does I'm, I'm yeah. more fascinated with the stuff that I don't like right off the bat than the stuff that I do. Because it's almost like, you know... It's like, uh, I, I must want to be challenged, you know? Hmm. I don't, like, like, I, I become obsessed with the ones that are hard for me to understand. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's certain music like that where on first listen, 
I get this like ugly feeling where I'm like, I, I like what I'm hearing, but I, I don't really know why. And like inherently, I just feel like I shouldn't like this. And there are bands yeah, like, like that. You shouldn't because of some, like you're, sorry to interrupt you, but it's like weird when you think, when music is so tied up in your identity and you're like, I don't like Yeah, this. exactly. Like, you don't even ask yourself if you like it <laughs> at first. Like, okay, I'm going to go, this this is dangerous to say, but, and it's it's changed since it came out, but as you mentioned earlier, so Justin Bieber's last album, okay. <laughs> Just hold on to that phrase. I listened to it <laughs> and like, not the whole thing, obviously. It's not... There's no legacy to it. There's no real meaning to it for me. But, like, the first, like, five songs of that album, I, like, loved. Like, I absolutely loved those songs. And it, like, I don't... I I, I hate to give this to Justin Bieber, but, like, I don't know if I've ever questioned my musical identity more. Because, like... <laughs> like, it's Justin Bieber. So I was like, there's no... Like, I'll listen to it, but I, like, I love them. Like, I absolutely loved the songs. And it honestly, like, helped me a lot where, like... I don't feel bad anymore about, like, liking things that I may not have liked before. Like, that's a pretty extreme example, because, again, it's Justin Bieber, but, like... Yeah, but that's just because of some thought you had about it. I mean, right, I and I was like, you know what, it's music. Because... Like, if I enjoy it, I'm not going to tell myself that I don't enjoy it just for no reason at all. Like, if I enjoy it, I enjoy it. So that's just kind of how I try only... to... There's only 12 tones in Western tonal music. There's 12 notes, that's it. So to think that you just wouldn't like some assemblage of those mm-hmm. 12 notes just because of a genre or cultural associations, like a beautiful melody is always going to be a beautiful melody. Right. You know, like whether it's sung by Miley Cyrus, who I have a guilty obsession with. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I like some of her stuff. I like some of it. I, I keep like seeing performances of hers that every time I'm just like, Miley, you're so good. She has a great voice. She has an amazing voice. And great at playing the piano, and mm-hmm. great at playing the guitar. Uh, yeah, Miley Cyrus. She does a mean cover of Jolene. Oh, yes, I have heard that. Yeah. She, um, you know, her song Adore You on, I think it was Bangers, like, it's like one of my favorite songs. Like, something about it just always gets me. So, yeah, I feel you on Miley. Yeah, Miley. Yeah, I think she's, <laughs> she's a so how did you even get into like japanese music like what was the era where you went from not knowing anything to like i listen to bands in sweden and (laughs) things like that (laughs) i think um yeah i don't i think when i a couple years ago i started really seeking out uh long form music that was freely improvised and that became like the main type of music that I was looking for um and of course there's like a bunch of like cool experimental crap rock is like a genre that really mm-hmm. expanded my mind like bands like can and that really yeah okay I can really there's like other uh other scenes from other time periods that were we're doing this kind of experimental, freely improvised, psychedelic-sounding music, and, you know, blowing the lines, like, progressive rock, too. And then, uh, you know, hearing it just, you hear something about a Swedish band. I, I went to a store where I go pick up CDs all the time. Mm-hmm. I see where I live. There's a, a record by this band called International, or CDs, 
Tend to keep doing that. Is that what you want to keep? Is this to keep the band and just keep putting stuff out? Yeah, yeah, I do want to keep doing that. I, it's funny, like I, uh, I thought that uh, maybe uh, I was heading in a direction where I would want to play like rock music at this time in my life, but it just didn't work out like that. I want to play. I want to play more than anything. So, um, Heaven, we have, like, a bunch of stuff that we didn't release yet that we're finishing up on the tour, and, um, we're gonna, um, get that stuff together before I go to Japan so that I can send it off to labels, and hopefully when I come back in the spring, a bunch of that stuff will be coming out, and, uh, we're gonna go on a 10-day tour, um, hey, we will see you in, uh, Michigan. Are you going to Michigan? We are... If you if you play in Michigan, I will be there. That is a guarantee. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, for sure. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I'd love to come. Yeah, we so. the Mountain Movers, um, my other band, we'll probably tour over the summer, and we'll, we'll come play. We played in Kalamazoo, and we played in Detroit um, over the summer. Awesome. So, I'll be there, too. Cool. Yeah, so I just love to, like, these days, my the projects that I made are doing more than what they were a couple of years ago. Um, so... I think I just want to play as much as I, I can, even even though um, 
supposed to finish school and get like um, a job. <laughs> yeah, what do you, what are you going to school for? What are you studying? Uh, I just wanted to finish my degree. To be honest, I I just I was working as a paraprofessional at a, a public elementary school, and I wasn't getting paid very well, but I was working really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, just you know, public schools they don't have like the funding, and I didn't right. have a college degree. And I was like, oh, I could just go back to school and get paid more for doing this very same job just because I have a degree. Right. So I felt like it was just starting to get inevitable where I was going to need a degree in life. Um, and also with, like, playing all the music and stuff, it was hard to, like, you know, get up super early and go to work with kids every day, you know. Right, that's um, a lot. And play, like, in New York on a Wednesday and then... <laughs> At school, people, like, the little kids are like, are you okay, Miss Lizzie? <laughs> <laughs> I felt guilty. So I, I was starting to play more, and uh, I, I was thinking, you know, why don't you just go back to school and, like, work at, uh, you know, I have a bunch of jobs. I work for a professor. I'm a waitress. I let's do pretty much anything for $10 an hour or more. <laughs> and, um... You know, it makes it a lot easier to play music than when I was working full-time at a school and putting a lot of myself in, into that job. Well, there you go. That's awesome that you're going back to school. That takes a lot of commitment. It's really great. Yeah, but the degree, I think you're asking about the degree. So the degree, I keep calling it undecided, and my um, advisor's like, stop calling it that, because it's <laughs> called general studies. Mm-hmm. It's for people who are undecided anyways, but... <laughs> um, that's the degree I'll get. It's focused in humanities. I take like a bunch of geography classes and stuff. That sounds fun. Yeah, it's, it's all right. It's like <laughs> I'm cramming school in between working a lot and uh, trying to do all this other stuff. It's not like I'm. I would be a more successful student if it was like a super big priority, but I'm glad I'm getting it done. Yeah. I've got 13 credits this semester, even with. Having a, a record come out and playing a bunch of shows. That is extremely impressive. Um, thank you. You know, you should tell my mom that you're impressed. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I know. I, I wanted to do, <laughs> I wanted to do 15 credits, and I felt like such a failure that I dropped the class. But um, I think being being an, uh, an, a student who's going back like I am, um, my expectations are a little bit different. My life yeah, it's definitely different. Fully, uh, rolling. <laughs> I'm yeah. trying to go back in time a little bit to finish. I mean, I'm, I just started this year and I already am like really overwhelmed. Like I have a job. I decided to make a podcast. So that is actually like extremely time consuming and I'm taking like 16 credit hours a semester. So like, yeah. I know what it's like to just spread yourself too thin. That's pretty much like my thing is <laughs> I just do like, I go, go, go. And then... I just kind of crash eventually and then just kind of <laughs> get back up and do yeah. it again. So, but I, I don't know. I just feel like I don't want to waste any time living. So I'm just like, like down, yeah, like down the, to the minute. I just feel like I need to be doing something. Even if I'm like exhausted at like 1am, I'm like, I should watch a movie to have that experience. <laughs> just like stuff like that. <laughs> well, and you're, you're young. You have a lot of energy to do those things. Although sometimes I hear people my age are like, so tired these days, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, why do you, why do you feel so old? <laughs> I don't feel too old. So that's something I'm supposed to That's good. But when I was definitely like teenage, I used to just, well, sometimes I 
they still get to stay up super late and all that. But, yeah, I do, I do remember someone, especially in the summer when I, you know, was just working in the, um, government school, I would stay up, like, all night and still wake up early just because I was excited about life and about things Aww. I had to do that day. Um, these days I don't have to <laughs> I go to bed at, like, 1 to 2 every night, sometimes later, depending. It all sounds good. It sounds like you're changing and growing and being more comfortable well, with life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm like uh, evolving. Yeah. That's good. So, uh, what else do you want to talk about? Um, you. I'm actually curious. You mentioned buying CDs earlier. Do you do that a lot? Buy physical? Do you buy records and CDs? I do. I do collect records and CDs, and um, a lot of the music that I like in Japan is CDs, so I, I have a lot of CDs, uh, but I have records, too. Do you have a lot of records? Um, you know, I did, and then I moved, like, every year for, like, a bunch of years in a row, and now I live in an attic, and I, I was thinking, oh, you should only bring records you listen to all the time. So it's, it's interesting how much... Oh accessibility of music has changed over the uh, past 10 years as I've been collecting stuff. Mm-hmm. Because these days, if I want to hear something, I can honestly just pull it up on YouTube. You can hear anything. <laughs> yeah, you can hear anything at any moment. So the physical media that I collect is because of a... I have to have a real interest in it um, beyond just wanting to hear it. Mm-hmm. Um, there has to be a reason for me to have it. So um, people are surprised sometimes about how little records I have, but I just don't, uh, I, I feel like when I look at my record collection, every one, I'm like, yeah, that record rules. <laughs> I think about it, because I, I collect them too, and, like, I don't really know what I'm doing. Like, like I have over a 100, and, like, I love every one that I have, like, for sure, but, like, I don't know what my goal is. Like, I have a friend who got into it a couple years ago. And he has, like, 20 records. And he's like, yeah, I have, like, five more I need to get. Then I'm done. And I'm like, what? <laughs> he's like, yeah, like, I, I just have a, so I have a list of albums that I love enough to get. And then I'm, I'm just done. And I'm like, that's, yeah, I can't, I can't, it's just weird. will probably never change. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's just interesting to me. I think that 
records are cool because as you change your taste, you can... I, I pretty much always trade mine in. I don't sell my mm-hmm. records often unless I'm really hard up for money. But I just trade in stuff that I decide I don't want anymore. And if you keep your records in good shape, sometimes you're even trading them in for the you know, same or... Um, you know, unless it, unless you bought it new, then the, the you know the value's right. definitely gone down. Well, depending on it, how limited the the record is, yeah. but um, you know, then you're using those records to trade into other stuff, and uh, I don't know. It seems pretty See, fluid to I'm... me. I don't think that it's like a waste of money to buy records. I think it's because they're like in themselves, they're a currency. They're so expensive, man. <laughs> <laughs> Like, yeah. like, that's why you should make sure you really want the ones that you have. But I know. Even if you, even if you don't have a goal with collecting, and you just are happy when you listen to them, right? You know, and you know you want them. Then eventually, I because I don't really know what my goal is either, and I totally anticipate it to change. I'm I'm too sentimental. Like I've never gotten rid of a record. Like there there's albums I have now where it's it's mostly like I don't have anything that like I stopped liking. Cause I don't I don't like to buy an album like after hearing the album for like less than a month because then that's dangerous. But like if like there's a lot of things that I bought when I was younger that I'm like I don't I'm not as into that as much now because it's just more surface level than like music I like now. But I can still keep it for that like value. Is that like oh I like that then and like that's important to me. <laughs> so like I don't you, know. You have a, you have less time to be nostalgic about. Think about when you're my age. <laughs> All of this like. Like, um, especially, like, you know, you listen to music when you're 13, 14, 15, for sure. But, you know, maybe the latter part of of your teen years are when some of that stuff really starts to stick and you start collecting that stuff. So maybe right now you're reflecting on what, like, four or five years of your uh, musical taste, like forming your yeah. musical taste, right? Think about when you're my age, and now you're reflecting on um, 14 or 15 oh, man. of your taste. And as you get older, you get better at zeroing in on that stuff. I mean, I don't know. Maybe you'll always be sentimental. That's I crazy. Feel the same way, but I mean, my dad, like my dad, is the reason that I'm into music, and he's still like that now. He's in his 40s. Yeah, he's in his 40s, and he's never sold a record, never given up a record that he owns, and like. He has so much music, so I, I I don't know if I'll take after him. I mean, there's obviously things that like over time you like less, but I'm very obsessive is the best word. Like when I love something, <laughs> like I I absolutely love it. Like I have to have the shirt, the record, like a <laughs> wallpaper on my phone for a period of time. I have to tell everybody about it. Like I feel like I need to make like a connection and have like a romantic relationship with like whatever it is I like. So then I feel that connection to it. Like I can pinpoint. Yeah, you fall in love with the music. Yeah, I can pinpoint like the period of time where I listen to it in the car frequently and like listen to it all the time, and then I just get this montage, and I'm like, I can't, I can't give that up. So I feel like There's I'm gonna stay like some that. Things like that that you, you can't, you know, that are nostalgic holds on, on things for sure, and guilty pleasures that for one reason or another you you have to keep even if it doesn't fit in your collection like do you know who the all-american rejects are by chance i i have maybe heard the name okay well i mean it's not really important that you know who they are they're like <laughs> like an indie rock band but anyways like 
their their um their album Move Along was the first CD that I ever like got gifted to me. And like this album is just like teenage angst, like like not really crazy. It's it's nothing like changing. There's nothing really noteworthy, but like I love it so so much like to this day. And and I'm just like kind of afraid that I'm always going to cuz like I've never I've never showed it to anyone and they weren't like, what? Right, why? Like, why is this still as an adult for you? <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, it's funny when we always like use the phrase, like, does it still hold up, you know, mm-hmm. for you? I think it means, like, does it still hold up within your taste? And also, does it still hold up in the canon of time? Yeah. Because yeah. cer- certain records age well, and some just don't. Don't. Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty fluid about getting rid of stuff these days. Uh, but, you know, when you get a move a bunch of times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Records are not easy to move at all. I've I've had to, like, I'm I, again, I'm only 18. But I've had to move, like, my complete collection, including my dad's, which is, like, 500 plus, like, three times. And it's just so difficult. Because they're yeah. so heavy. So I... But one day I'm going to have, like, super a lot. As soon as I figure out where I'm going to live <laughs> for more than a year, um, then I think even... Like, it's funny. I've even gotten rid of stuff that it's like, goodbye, friend. I'll see you another day. <laughs> you know? Right. I'll have you again someday. I'm going to have, like, when, it, when I live permanently, I'm going to have, like, a huge collection. I'm just going to have a wall of all my records. With my player, and I'm just excited. I'm really excited. That's a dream, man. I'm I'm mostly excited for like my kids because I want to have kids one day, and I feel like I think it's because my dad instilled in me like so much music. Like I'm just so excited for my kids to like look at my albums and be like, "Dad, what's that?" And I'll be like, "Oh, son." <laughs> I just I'm just really excited for that to just show. Because, like, I like showing people who've never heard of music music, and that's exciting. So to show, like, a being that is yours, that has never heard anything, like, it's just, like, from scratch. <laughs> like and, kids a, are, and kids are really uh, spongy mm-hmm. about They're music so and really ex- accepting about different things. Kids are not like, um, I don't really like punk. <laughs> punk. <laughs> right, so right. Please don't show me this band yet. <laughs> Little hipster kid. Not until they're like nine. <laughs> yeah. Here's a song from Headroom's new album, Head in the Clouds, out on 